Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Radiant KC, how you doing? What's up? Thank you, thank you, guys, please. Wow. It's so great to be here. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, I'm Les Beecham, lead pastor at LifeGate Church in Omaha, Nebraska. And my wife and I, we have the honor, I in particular have the honor of being one of your overseers. You know what that means? That means that I pray for you. That means I care about you. That means I care about your pastor and his wife and your team. And we're just privileged to serve you in any way that we can. And what a delight it is to be able to see you face to face. I send greetings from LifeGate Church. They love Radiant KC. And they love your pastor. They love Renata as well. Can we give it up for Pastor David and Renata? Yeah. You need to know this. Um, pastor David is big stuff. If you don't know that, around the nation and world, he is big stuff. And he's in high demand. He actually has to say no so that he can be here caring for you. But it's such a privilege to have someone who's pioneered so many things. And whether you know it or not, here you are in Kansas, you're pioneers. Uh, you're doing something that God is doing all over the United States and world, and that is he's calling rugged, nimble people out to establish things that haven't been established, to take the church actually to where people live, rather than saying, if you were really spiritual, you'd come to where we are. God says, because he's spiritual, he's taking you to where they live, and you're a part of a movement which is really quite profound. And so I bless God for that. And I bless God for you. And so far, this is my favorite service. The last one was okay, but this is my favorite. So <laughs> I'm encouraged. Now, as I go to different churches, especially as an overseer, I wait on God and I ask, Lord, do you want to say anything to them? The scripture says, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. Now, as soon as I say that, depending on your experience and background, all kinds of things can go off inside of you. It's like he said, prophesy. I, I think I'm in the wrong place now. Now, Paul, it's really interesting. In the New Testament, he says this. Here's the purpose of prophecy, to strengthen you, to encourage you, and to comfort you. Notice it didn't say to correct you. It didn't say to direct you where you should go or else. It said prophecy is to strengthen you. The Holy Spirit, he lives in you. He can correct you. I don't need to do that. He wants to encourage you, and he wants to comfort you. So as I sat before the Lord, realize this. All of us are imperfect filters. That's why the scripture says we prophesy, or in other words, I'll put it this way. We encourage in part. We strengthen in part. Never fully because we're the human vessel. Isn't it amazing that he uses us? And so he wants to encourage you and strengthen you and comfort you, I believe, because I believe he gave me a hint today as I sat at the hotel waiting early this morning, and I wrote it down on the only piece of paper I had the schedule for this weekend. Would you open your spirit? Let me ask this. Do any of you need strengthening? Okay. In any of your areas of your life, do any of you need encouraging? Okay. Any of you need comforting? Okay. Holy Spirit, somehow use this word to do all three. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good and light-filled deeds 
and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Radiant Church, you have been faithful to be my radiant people in the place that I've called you to, and many are seeing and giving thanks to God for the light they so long have waited for. Your love, your diligence, your petitions have been seen and heard in heaven, and your sacrifices will be rewarded in the days ahead. Yours have been days of plowing unknown ground, at times hard ground, days of wondering and faith. Is it fruitful soil, Lord? Will we produce anything to which I declare it is and will continue to be and already has produced fruit? You have received the 30-fold, but now anticipate 60 and 100 times fruitfulness in the days ahead. 2020 will be a year of expansive growth and preparation to build toward an even more fruitful future. You're called to bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Fruit that will remain and be fresh for multiplied generations to come. Let prayers and unity set your pace. Serve the servants of God in this city that I've set in this region by praying for them. Let them know, ask for the privilege of interceding for their fruitfulness and protection. And as you do so, you will inspire a unity up until now unknown in this divided city. And I will breathe on this unity and command my blessings, my salvation, my peace, and my revival fire. You have planted well, Radiant Church. Keep sowing. Also, sharpen your reaping gifts, for expansion is quickly coming. Be ready, for I'm about to entrust you with many, many more souls, up to 500 if you would welcome them this year. Disciple them, surround them, walk with them. And to all I call you to sacrifice, for this is the heart of the kingdom of the king. Selfless sacrifice. Fill the storehouses so when the opportunity to build appears suddenly, you will be well on your way in faith, unity, and provision. Radiant, you have set in this city, I have set you here to shine, for it is God's good pleasure to reveal the radiance of his beloved son through you. I will build my church says the Spirit of the Lord, my radiant church, and generations who will never meet in a school, never meet in a school, will bless you in the days ahead, and their children's children will benefit and know life eternal because of you and your sacrifice. Bear fruit, radiant. Expand. Pray up. Store up to build You please me greatly, says the Lord, and I love you deeply. Amen. Can you receive that from the Lord? Are any of you encouraged by that? Are any of you comforted by that? Are any of you strengthened? Lord, confirm your word to this radiant people, even the first timer, for I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. How many of you like gifts? I like gifts. How many of you just even, even enjoy 
when the Amazon box comes that you ordered. Uh, There's something about it, isn't it? I don't know about you. How many of you are thankful and look forward to when they take your trash away? It's like a gift, isn't it? It's just... I had 32 bags of lawn work this week, and all night I was like, I hope they come, I hope they come, I hope they come. I hope they come. And then I, every, every other hour I was checking, have they come, have they come, and then will they reject me? And they didn't, they didn't. Every bag went. And it's, so we, like, we, we, we really like gifts. And there, there's one gift that, well, let me say this. Some gifts will change your life. Uh, this gift changed my life. When she put it on me, it's just like my whole life changed. And for the good, and after 37 years, let me tell those of you who are doubtful about marriage, it gets better and better and better and better and better, and it's getting better even still. So that changed my life. Uh, when we receive the gift of a new baby, it changes your life, let me tell you, all right, drastically. And so take your time before you have them, because they're permanent. All right, a recommendation, yeah, it's true, it's true. A recommendation for a job, it will change your life. A pardon will change your life. A prophetic word, if you'll receive the comfort and encouragement and strength, it will change your, if you you get a new heart, a heart transplant, it will change your life. And I have a gift from God for you today that he says this, open before Christmas. He actually says right now, open today. Don't you dare wait for Christmas. You can't afford to wait. You got to open this one right now. And I'm going to unpack what this is so that you can open the gift and have it for yourself. Holy Spirit, would you come upon us in a way we've never even known? where you give us such a hunger for this gift that we'd be like children who see it up in the closet and bug our parents every day for a peek into that gift. For I ask this in Jesus' mighty name, amen. How many of you found the gifts your parents hid? How many of you are lying because you didn't raise your hand, okay? How many of you found and actually unwrapped the gifts that your parents hid? Let me see. A few conniving people in here are right on. All right, this is good. You know what? God wants you to open this one up fully. Now, um, here's the gift without telling you fully what it is. God gives us the gift of a brand new life when we receive Jesus. He says, you're a new creation. You're not the same person. He says, your, your old person's dead and gone. The new person has been ushered in. And then he gives you a brand new ability to live this life because I don't know about you, the life I had before God, I blew it again and again and again. I blew it again and again. But this new life, he gives you new victory. You blow it. He gives you greater victory. You blow it. He gives you even greater victory. He gives you grand, brand new ability. And then he gives you a brand new ability to share this life in a way that when you release it, people actually change forever. And it's just crazy. It's like, God, how would you partner with me to give something so profound? Now, I'm using this word brand new, and I know some of you right now, you're going to go, oh, here we go. Here's the book. I just wrote a book brand new. And I, here's why I wrote it. Because I have been privileged to lead many thousands of people to the Lord. And the primary concern that you have as you see someone birthed into the kingdom is, do they know what it means to live as a new creation? Do they know what this book is? Do they know what John 3.16 means? So I wrote it for people who don't know what John 3.16 means. And they don't understand why Jesus is unique and why he's not the same as Buddha or Muhammad or the other deities. And so that they would understand and progressively walk them through. And then I wrote it for people who are skeptics and who really can't stand the church or Christians, but they're curious about Jesus. And I want to show them how you can have a brand new life how you can progressively believe in him, how you can be strengthened and understand the impact that God's designed you to have. 
But I also wrote it for you who know Jesus, but you're not sure to, how to answer questions that people have. I, I was with a 70-year-old man who's just met the Lord out in Monterey, California, and, and he's, I gave him a study Bible. And he said, can I ask you some questions? I said, sure you can. He, he, so he sat down and he said, now I'm reading. I know I should know this, but as I'm reading, it says O-T. What does O-T mean? I mean, over and over again in the beginning, it says the O-T. And I said, well, actually, it's the Old Testament. He said, I knew I should have known that. I knew I should have known that. But it just didn't make sense to me. So N-T then? I said, so, then he said, well, what is the New Testament? What does it mean? So I unpack those things, and then I do something unheard of. How many of you were hurt by Christians before you ever became one? As a Christian leader, I seek the forgiveness of everyone who reads the book. And I say this, we've blown it as the church and as Christians because we're known for our hypocrisy, our judgmentalism, and you're right. As a leader, would you forgive me? So I help them walk through the process of letting that baggage go. And then I remind people, you know, most people come to Jesus to get to heaven. Jesus wants us to come to him to get heaven to earth. Our prayer isn't your kingdom come, your will be done as I fly to heaven. It's as, as your kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. Here's a fact most people don't realize. You know how many times Savior appears in the New Testament? God's our, he, Jesus is our Savior, man. This is big. 26. You know how many times Lord appears in the New Testament? 648. You know how many times Savior appears in the whole Bible? 42. You know how many times Lord appears? 6,000. Jesus came to invite us into a kingdom, not a saved-em. Now, if these are newer ideas to you, I encourage you, get the book so you can grow, and then so you can be humble with those in your world who don't know Jesus, who would never go to church with you. You know, I do this every year. Okay, what are we going to get people for Christmas? What are we going to get? Okay, we give them a Christian CD. How many years have you done that? We give them this uh, Jesus calling. How many years have you done that? But to give them a book, books are hard to throw away, especially if they look nice. To give your family member a book that draws them in and tells a story of how they can become brand new in God and then be used to change the world, that I think is a gift worth giving. We, we've reduced it $5 from Amazon. My lovely wife will be out there. It's $9.99. Now I apologize for all of you who think you're just like all the rest of them. I'm not. I just want people to read this book and be changed. At LifeGate, we give it out to every new believer so that if you can't walk with them, the book can walk with them and it make a huge difference. Now, that's the brand new part that we want to talk about, but I want to take it a step further. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts, if you would. Are you okay with that? Some of you are like, yeah, you shyster, seller, booker, thinger. Uh, I'm not, and David will vouch for me, I hope, okay, that I'm not. That is not who I am. Acts chapter one, Jesus gives instructions. He's about to ascend to his father in heaven. This is so, so powerful. And he gives them these instructions and the instructions are about a gift. And here's what he says. Chapter one, verse four, and then five, and then verse eight. Once while he was eating with them, he was with them 40 days, remember, showing himself to them before he ascended. He commanded them. Would you say commanded them? Commanded them. I don't like when you have me repeat things. Why do you have me repeat things? That way I'm sure you're listening. Okay, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends 
send you the gift he promised. Would you say the gift he promised? The gift he promised. God has a gift that he promised to give to you beyond salvation. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now watch me here. Your body, when you're baptized, goes in water. You're completely immersed. Every part of your body gets wet and then you come out. It represents dying. It's like a grave and you come out a new person. He says, you're not gonna just be baptized in water. My father is going to, actually, Jesus is going to take you and he's gonna immerse you fully in the Holy Spirit. So every aspect of your being will be Holy Spirit baptized. Now, baptized, the word is a, is a um, Greek word, baptizane. And what it means is to die, D-Y-E. It's a dyer's term. If it was this color, it goes in and it becomes a different color. Let me say this. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you become a different person. Remember, Samuel said to Saul, the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you and you will become a different person. Let me tell you the person you'll become when you receive this gift, the person God always designed you to be. Uniquely you, not like me, uniquely you. You're gonna become that person. And we see God's agenda through the whole Old Testament. I'm gonna send the Spirit. I'm gonna send the Spirit. I'm gonna send the Spirit. You can't keep the law. I'm gonna put my Spirit inside you for you. You'll be born again. You'll have the Spirit inside. You'll say, Father, Daddy, Papa, Abba. I'm gonna put the Spirit inside you for you, but then I'm gonna put the Spirit upon you for power. Now, let me explain this. Four big ideas today. Number one, you were made to be dependent on an external power source. You were made this way. You don't function without an external power source. Get it out, everyone. Pull it out. I know you're thinking about it. Come on, get it out. Get it out. Bring it out. Let's be smart. Bring your smartphones out here. If you have a smartphone, would you get it out, please? All right? Uh, This is important because this is a tool. Now, when you go to the store and you buy that smartphone, and you're so excited about it. One of the most profound aspects is just taking the plastic off. Isn't it beautiful? Psst, no one's ever touched that before. It's awesome. And so it's basically dead. You know why it's dead? You don't have any service yet. You know what you have to do to get service? You have to pay some money. You pay money and then ha, you've got service with the cloud. You're there with heaven. You have service, it's powerful, okay? Now you have service because you've paid for it and along with service and your phone, face, hello, good. You have all these apps, they're ready, they're poised, you know, uh, and they're in your phone just ready for everything. Okay, and, and, and so it's so exciting and here's the thing that you want to do. You've got your own number, you've got service, you're connected with heaven, it's happening now. You wanna start using it, but don't you dare start using it, why? Oh, you guys, help me here now. You don't dare start using it because what's the first priority with your phone? It's not using it, it's what? Charging it, come on. Who am I, are you Americans? Where are you from? You wanna go home and you wanna give a little charge for 15 minutes, right? What kind of charge? A full, full, full charge. Your full charge influences all the future charges. Now, please don't miss this. When you decided you wanted to follow Jesus, you were dead in your sins. You were darkened, it says in your understanding. You were darkened and separated from, sorry, separated from God. You were not connected with the cloud at all. You couldn't be because of the chasm of offense against God, your sin. Someone paid for your service. What's his name? And he said, if you'll receive the service, you get hooked up to the cloud. 
you are now hooked up with heaven. From now on, forever and ever and ever, you're hooked up with heaven. You have a relationship with heaven. You have a relationship with God. And you know what a lot of people try to do? They say, praise God, and they try to use their phone. Do you know what most Christians do? They just say that, and then they want to try to use their phone. And then an angel comes, and he hands back your cord that drops. It's powerful. But, but God says this. You just heard it. Now you're going to hear it in a different way. Once, while he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised, the Holy Spirit, who will empower you. Let me say it another way. Don't you dare serve Jesus, talk about Jesus, or try to live with Jesus on your own power. You know what you'll do? You'll convey religion to the world. Do you know what religion is? Your best attempts to love God to get his approval. Jesus says this, when I give you full service, you have my total approval. I accept you now. Now I want you to live this way, plugged into me. Here's what Jesus said. I can't do anything unless I see my father do it. You know what he really meant? I can't do anything. I won't do anything. I'll only do what the spirit leads me to do. You were made to live from an external power source. Now, you know what? If I asked you, do you know how much power is on your phone right now? Or have some idea of how much power is on your phone? How many of you do? Almost all of you. You know how much power is in your life right now? You know what you're going to do when you get in your car if you have an adapter? I know what you're going to do. First priority, even before you turn or just after you turn on your car, you will plug in your power. Why? You never want to be without power. You know what you're going to do when you go to bed? You're going to plug into power. You know what you're going to want when you wake up? You're going to look for your messages, but you're going to make sure that that thing was empowered all through the night. Do you know how Jesus wants you to live? Plugged into him continuously. He calls that the gift from the Father. It doesn't happen when you're born again. If it did, Jesus wouldn't have said, wait. In John chapter 21, if you remember, he does this. His, his disciples are there. He's resurrected. He says, this is awesome. You know what? I'm going to go. And, and, and then he says this. He says this to them. Receive the Holy Spirit. Do you think something happened when Jesus blew, blew on them? Do you think he was just acting? Do you think in the garden when he took the dirt man that he'd made and he went, do you think something happened? You know what the scripture said? He became a living spirit. You know what happened when Jesus breathed on them? They became a living spirit, born again. But he said, now go wait. He's come in you for you. You're mine now. He's gonna come upon you with power for other people. Now, let me say this also, second big idea. Being fully charged is always a choice. It's not automatic. Okay, God, if you want to fill me, fill me. If you don't, don't. You know, he doesn't say that. He, he says you have to choose to be filled. You have to position yourself to be filled. Here's a misconception. You know, I got all the Holy Spirit when I was born again. The real question is, does he have all of me? That's flipped over opposite. You see, when you were born again, if he didn't have all of you, then you need to repent right now and be born again. Being born again means I surrender everything, not part everything. The real question is, have you received all of the spirit? And he does this with crisis and progress. It's like saying, have you received all the love from your wife? I hope not, but I began to receive it when I got married. And now I'm receiving more and more. He wants to fill you the first time and he wants to fill you over and over and over and over and over again. But anytime you talk about the Holy Spirit in church, people's hackles raise. 
You know why? Because there's so many bad examples. Here you got this excited guy up here, and you think, what is he going to do next? I mean, one of my friends, pastors, he said in their church, when the Holy Spirit fell, one of the guys, he'd start stomping his foot like this and go, and then all of a sudden, he'd do that, and he'd run around the sanctuary. And then you knew the Holy Spirit was there because the horse was there. I mean, it was like, oh my goodness. I was praying with a guy and I don't want to put these people down, but here's the thing. The Holy Spirit isn't weird, but he'll even fill weird people. And anything weird you've seen is not the Holy Spirit, it's the weird person. I was praying with a person to be delivered and the person helping me, I'd never met him before and he was helping pray and whatnot. And while we were praying, I hear this noise. I hear... And I'm like, what? I mean, is someone choking? And I look over and the guy praying with me, I open my eyes, you're not supposed to be up here, but I open my eyes and he's over here going, and I said, what are you doing? He said, that's the cougar anointing. And I said, get that cat out of here. We're not doing this. That is not the Holy Spirit. That's the weird anointing, and that's not happening right here. So, you, And even some people who've come from more weird cultures, you're hearing me and you're offended because you're like, no, 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 it's real. That, I had the cougar anointing one time, and it was astounding. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is so kind. He's not tame, but he's kind. My wife, for the first four and a half years, she's married to a guy who was filled with the Holy Spirit as a result of picking up two hitchhikers outside of Washington, D.C., they got in my car and said, praise God, this is amazing. Bless God, he heard our prayers. And I was like, I don't talk like that. Wow, and I know I love Jesus. So at the end of the day, after I bought dinner for them and whatnot, I said, what is it about you guys? And they, they looked at me and they looked at each other and they looked at me and they said, he doesn't have it, does he? And they said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, what is it? And they laid their hands on me in the driveway and said, okay, you're filled now. And I was like, I didn't feel anything. Being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't about feeling something. It's about believing God to fill you with power, to connect you and keep you connected. They left. I went in my bedroom. I knelt down. I said, God, I don't even know what just happened, but all I know is I want more of you. I want more of your power. I want more of your love. And in an instance, it was like the Spirit stretched a blanket above my head and put it on my head, and love, liquid love, went through my entire body, and I have never been the same. I'm afraid to speak in front of people. You're like, you're lying. No, I'm not. I want to be accepted. I want you to like me. But you know what? The Spirit doesn't care about that. He cares that you would be changed. And he changed me so that I'm not afraid to share with you because you become the person you were always meant to be. My wife, trying to convince me, I kept saying, you just need to be filled, honey. You need to be filled. The church where we went, the pastor came to interview us. This was 32 years ago, and he's sitting in our living room, and he said, so tell me your testimony. How'd you meet Jesus? How were you filled with the Holy Spirit? And then he looked at her and said, so tell me, how did you meet? And just as he opened his mouth, she started crying. And she, he said, why are you crying? He said, because I dreamt this last night. You were here, you were asking, and I knew I had to say to you, I haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm afraid Les won't be able to get the job because of me. He said, well, why haven't you been filled? Well, because I believe I have all the Holy Spirit. Then he went through the scripture, go and wait until the Spirit comes upon you and empowers you, until you plug in for the first time. And as he described these things, it convinced her in the Spirit. And she's, she said, I, I want to be filled. I, I, I really want to be filled. I just, I want to be filled. He said, you don't have to beg. You, you just need to ask. You ever read that scripture and wondered what it meant? Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open." Ask and it will be given to you. For everyone who seeks finds, everyone who knocks, the doors open, everyone who asks, 
the, the answer will be given to them. And then he says this, of all the things Jesus could use to describe God answering your persistent prayer, because the whole focus is don't stop praying and believing. Of all of the examples, he said this, who among you, even though you're evil, if your child asks for an egg, will give them a snake or a scorpion? He said, even though you are not good parents, you give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give, give, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Of all the examples of what God could give you, Jesus says, if you keep asking, God will give you his Holy Spirit. Now, he's not talking about getting saved because you don't have to ask for the Holy Spirit when you get saved. He's talking about being baptized, being filled the first time, and then over and over. So he said, well, let's pray. And so we knelt down by our couch. My wife was here. I'm here. I've never seen holy laughter, never seen people falling down, all that stuff. This is not our world, okay? And so he led her in this prayer. She prays this prayer, and I'm there. Oh, God, this is great. This is great. I want her filled like I am. And all of a sudden, I feel her next to me. She's leaned over on me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's leaning on me. And I mean, she's like dead weight on me. And I'm just kind of holding her up like this. And I think, God, what is going on here? This is weird. This is, my wife would never fake. She never does stuff like this. And she's leaning on me. She's leaning. And then after a while, after we prayed, we were finished. And it was, it was appropriate. And I kind of put her back up. And I was like, what happened? She said, I don't know. I prayed and I've, I just felt this beautiful weight come on me that I could have fought against, but, and it just, this peace just overwhelmed me. And I knew it was God. And she was never the same after that. Never the same. Increasingly bold, increasingly powerful, because she made a choice against all of her fears that God was going to do something weird, was going to embarrass her, was going to do something out of line. And she just said, God, I want more of you. God, God, I'm going to take your admonition. I'm not going to do anything else as a Christian. I'm going to plug in and I ask you to fill me with power, a full charge from here on out. And he did it. People who've not asked God and waited on him to fill them with the Holy Spirit are like kids out in the yard playing with tin cans with a string walkie-talkie. This tool is more powerful than whole supercomputers were 20 years ago. Supercomputers that would fill this whole room. And so you've got this, but instead, many Christians, they get a can and they put a string and, they, and what they do instead of it working is they yell, okay, I've got power, this is powerful, isn't it? Let's go witness and tell people about God. You know what? You can get a whole lot done by your own strength, but it doesn't last. See, Jesus said this, only that which done and powered by me will last. So he says, no, throw away the tin can, get a smartphone, and I want you to plug into me. Here's the next big idea. The first one is you were, you were made to live on a dependent source of power outside of yourself. Number two, you have to choose. Now, you choose the first time, and he does it, and he'll, he'll make it clear to you, and then you choose every day. Fill me again, fill me again. Just like your phone, you plug in every single day, and you say, do it again. Next, the Holy Spirit fills us immediately. This is important for us to see. He, you know, when you were redeemed, you, you uh, experienced something immediately, although you may not have had a lot of feelings but he does it immediately. Something always happens when we ask the Spirit to fill us. However, it doesn't mean it's always dramatic. In her case, it was peace. 
it doesn't mean it's final. It's always progressive. I've had many infillings that exceeded the first infilling. And so it's progressive. Big idea number four. When God fills you, other people will know and so will you. You know why? He'll give you evidence. Now, if you're from a charismatic or Pentecostal background, I bless you. But here's what the emphasis has been too many years. The initial evidence is the gift of tongues. I don't believe that at all. The initial evidence is love. See, the scripture says this. If you have any of the gifts and you don't have love, the gifts mean nothing. You know why? The gifts are tools in a tool chest. The gift of tongues is like a screwdriver. It opens things. That's it. Do you want the gift giver or a screwdriver for Christmas? Do you see that? Do you want the one who gives you everything or do you want this little tool? But what happens is when God gives us anything, it's like, oh, a screwdriver. Look at this, everyone, my screwdriver. Look, look, look. It's like being in love with Siri. By the way, the gift of tongues on your phone is Siri. All right? And it's like being in love with Siri. And it's a Siri so wonderful, but your phone can do all kinds of things. And when the infilling happens, here's what you can expect. Here are the evidence. You'll have more love. You'll have more power. You'll have gifts revealed at different times. You'll have fruit of the spirit. You'll have purity. You'll have passion. You're saying, well, aren't all those things the things that I'm supposed to have as a Christian? Yes, but God doesn't want them happening from your efforts. He wants them happening from his empowering spirit coming upon you. Everything Jesus did, did you know this? He didn't do anything because he was God. He did everything because the spirit empowered him. He did miracles because he had the gift of miracles. He saw Philip underneath a tree because he had the gift of word of knowledge. He, he healed people because he had the gift of healing. Those were gifts of the Holy Spirit. He didn't do anything on his own because he laid down all of his superpowers when he came to earth. And so he depended completely on the Holy Spirit. And that's why he says, don't you dare do anything until you wait and let me fully charge you. The most important evidence above all the others is this. You will have such a love that it changes everything. You'll love the unlovely. You know what some of the greatest miracles some of you will do? You'll stop rejecting yourself. You'll actually look in the mirror and instead of saying, I hate you so much, you'll know you're filled when you look in the mirror and you say, God, thank you for making me me. See, until you can come to that place, you're not going to share love with other people. He will fill you with supernatural love. Some of you are working on your character. You know how your character is developed? By trusting the one who is your character. Huge difference. How do I get this, Pastor Les? This is him. The power is him. Jesus said it this way. He said, here's the key to the Christian life. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Abide in me, he says. Abide in me and I in you. Apart from me, you will bear no fruit, but with me, you will be empowered and you'll bear fruit. And so the constant posture of a Christian is this, Lord, I want to plug into you. Lord, I need you more than anything else. Oh Lord, fill me. And then God will give you evidence instead of proof. Here's what proof says, prove it and I'll believe you. Evidence says, I believe you completely. Now I wait on the manifestations of love, power, fruit, purity, gifts, all those things. I wait on you. You know what? Some of you, your minds are going, wow, this is just radical, radical, radical. You know what? You need to open this before Christmas. You just, you got it. How, how do I open it? Believe fully. Ask him. 
like a little kid, tug on him. Oh God, oh God, don't beg him. Just ask, 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 and ask expectantly. And once you've asked, start thanking him no matter what you see and anticipate in the coming days, a variety of things are gonna happen in your life. And he's gonna empower you profoundly. You might speak in tongues, but you know what I pray for you more than anything else? You'll love in ways you've never loved before. And you know what you'll experience? The same Holy Spirit who came upon Jesus is in this room right now. The same endless, ageless spirit. And he's waiting for you to ask, fill me for the first time, God. And he will take you at your faith and he will begin to fill you Today, worship team, would you come at this time? Ministry team, would you come across the front? People of God, may I plead with you today to open this before Christmas? May I plead with you today to open this gift? How do I open this gift? Basically, you say, oh God, oh God, more than anything else, I just want to believe what your word has said. I wanna do what they did in scripture. I just wanna ask and believe that you're gonna do the filling. I trust you right now. I trust you, God, to do this right now, okay? And I'm gonna ask you to come, but before you come, let me ask this. You're saying, I want all this, but I don't know Jesus yet. Jesus says, the way to know me is to trust me to forgive you and to lead you and decide to put me at the center and not you anymore. If you've never done that in your life, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right now. And then I'm gonna ask you to come forward to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never done that, you're saying, that's why I'm here today, I know that. You stopped right now just so I could meet Jesus. And I want you to pray this prayer I want us all to pray it together as a reaffirmation and for some the first time. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm guilty of sinning against you. I need your forgiveness. I can't do anything to earn it. So I trust your cross and blood alone. I give you my life today, not just my sins. I need you. Change my life. Thank you for making me yours. In Jesus' name, amen.